Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. Thank you, Bo Matthews, for that nice introduction. Guys, we have an amazing episode today with Ben Newman. Ben Newman is passionate, inspiring, and I just can't wait for you to listen to this episode. How does a kid from Ladue grow up to be a coach for the NFL, PGA, NBA, Major League Baseball, UFC, NCAA, Fortune 500 companies? You name it, he's coached these people. And what a passionate individual he is today. We talk about my mom a little bit in this episode. Him and I have some things in common on that, and I just can't wait to get to it. But before we do, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, Go Brand Go, and the Tom James Company. Crafted using your exact measurements, custom clothing is the perfect expression of who you are or who you intend to be. It's about getting what you want, the right fit, the right fabric, the right details, and the right style. Ben Lawler with the Tom James Company helps you choose from over 500 custom suit fabrics and 250 custom dress shirt fabrics. He can help you build your entire wardrobe, including suits, shirts, trousers, sports coats, and even custom tuxedos. To learn more, visit stlleaders.com. And now, to this week's episode with Ben Newman. Ben Newman, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. Appreciate you coming on here today. Brian, thank you so much for having me. And uh, any St. Louis podcast, you know you're going to get me fired up because I'm a St. Louis-born kid, and uh, I-, I love our city. So excited to be with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, I'm glad you were able to come on. I, um, I've, I've known about you for years, never actually met you until literally right this moment. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've seen you on LinkedIn. I've seen you on Facebook. I've seen you all over the place. And I... I always thought to myself, how? How did that happen? You know, how did he get to the place where he's at today? And so really that's the premise of my entire show. And so I reached out to you on LinkedIn and you were you were kind enough to take some time out of your day today. So I'm I'm ready to dive in. Well, let's let's do it. Where do you want to start? Well, let's kind of start in the beginning. You just mentioned you grew up here in St. Louis. Obvious question, where'd you go to high school? And then uh what you know, what led you to really coaching? Yeah. So uh, for me, I went to Ladue High School. So uh, that that was, you know, my the, the alma mater. I actually have gotten the opportunity to go back and work with their basketball program. A, a side note, and then we can take a couple steps backwards. But a lot of people see all of this sports memorabilia and the opportunity for me to have done all the work that I've done in sports. And a lot of people think that you start 
in Alabama, right? And I've been with the Alabama football program for four years. You don't start at Alabama. You start when your old high school basketball coach calls you in 2011 and says the team's underperforming. He says, Benny boy, come fire these boys up. And so it was a yes to my old basketball coach at Ledoux, which actually created, uh, you know, all of the stories and the impact in the sports world that uh, that you see behind me. So it's a it's a pretty meaningful story and a blessing to have been impacted so much by my old high school coaches. And the school meant so much to me that uh, I still have the opportunity, you know, 25 years later almost to, to still go back to my school. So what? But, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say, and, uh, you know, I grew up right down the street from, from the school. I'm kind of an old soul. I had to grow up fast. I faced a lot of challenge and adversity, and I'm, I'm sure that we'll get into that. But I think for all of us, so much of our stories and who we are comes from the challenge and adversity that we face in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. That was where I was going with this is talk to me about growing up, those challenges and overcoming that which led you and propelled you to what you do now, which is motivate and coach and help people, uh, you know, as, as you always say, continue the fight. Well, as I, as I mentioned, you know, it's the challenge and adversity that determines the story that we write. And as I share my story, I want everybody to recognize, I know I'm not the only one that has a story. Each and every single one of you listening, you have a story. There's challenge, there's pain. There's something that gives you perspective for you to know that you can fight through and get up off that mat of life one more time than you've been knocked down, which for me is really what success is all about. And I've had great mentors, great coaches in my life to help me through those challenges. I still have two coaches. I still read books every single day, so I'm far from figuring it out, but I'm trying to get better every day. And so I go back to the challenge and adversity of parents being divorced when I was six months old. Never knew my parents together. A handful of years later, my mother was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. Each and every single one of us, we have an excess of amyloids. Brian, in your muscles and everybody listening, we have amyloids. If you have an excess of amyloids, you have a disease called amyloidosis. My mother's team of doctors here in St. Louis chose for her to go to Boston, which was only one of two hospitals in the United States treating the disease, Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and the Boston Medical Center. She goes to Boston, sits down with a woman by the name of Dr. Martha Skinner. And if you could picture this, my mother was a school teacher. And so my mom was one of those teachers. She'd walk into a room, long brown hair, big brown eyes, big pearly white smile, energy that went for days. And here she is, she's sitting across from this doctor, one of the two foremost leaders in the world for the treatment of amyloidosis. And Dr. Skinner tells my mother, first time they ever meet, You're only the second woman under 40 years old I've ever seen or heard of having amyloidosis, and you have two to four years to live. Wow. And, you know, the question I always ask an audience when I share my mother's story is, how would you respond? And my mother in that moment decided to take out an old blue mead notebook, maybe like you used to have in school. Maybe yours was another color, Brian. And my mother takes out this notebook and it became a place where she unleashed her positive mental attitude onto the world. She'd write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with the disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. And my mother recognized that her greatest purpose was to continue to lead her two boys regardless of her pain. And my mother used to come to the dinner table with an IV stand after her little TV room and bedroom was turned into a hospital in our house Her last year living, we had 24-hour nursing care, and she'd literally come to the dinner table with an IV stand to ask me how my day was at school. Wow. So my mother passed 11 days before my eighth birthday, 
and how my mother made the conscious choice to respond to challenge and adversity has taught me what it means to have conviction and passion and fire in life and to embrace every single day because every day is a gift and we don't know how many we're going to get. And to this day, my mother, there's still this burn, this fire inside of me because of how she led me, how she inspired me to carry that on to others. Well, what a great story. Um, yeah, it got me thinking not there about my mom. For those who are listening to this episode, some of you may or may not know my mom passed away in 2011 uh, very suddenly. I didn't, you know, I, unfortunately, I didn't have any time to know that she was uh, that she was sick. Um, it within literally a 12-hour window, she was gone. Um, she oh, suffered. She suffered a brain aneurysm. I, I had lunch with her on Monday, June 14th, um, 2011. And by Tuesday morning at 5.30, she was gone. So um, just it happened that quickly. I'm so sorry to hear that, Brian. <clears throat> so let, let's let's dive into something that I find very fascinating about you. Uh, so you just you just told us what 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 fires you up, right? What gives you the passion and really the, your why of why you do what you do. But you obviously mentioned earlier that you didn't start with the Alabama football team, right? You didn't. That's not where you started at. Talk right. to me about what led you to start getting into the sports world and working with teams like Alabama. And I could go on and on and on about the sports teams that you have uh, worked with. But if you want to learn more about Ben Newman, visit BenNewman.net. But talk to me about what led to that 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 transition to Alabama. So it, it, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, it, was, it literally was Coach Basler, my old high school coach, calling me. Uh, Ledoux was playing Parkway Central. Parkway Central, this is 2011. Parkway Central was the uh, number 10 ranked team in the city of St. Louis. Ledoux was underperforming, uh, not great. It should have been. And he literally said, Benny Boy, come fire these boys up and get them right. So I show up for the game. I give this locker room speech. We knock off Parkway Central, this big upset. And I was hooked. I was like, hey, the speaking that I've been doing corporately from 2006, I guess some of these things apply in sports. And I was always the guy on the team in high school. I was a co-captain of the team. You know, I was too slow. I could shoot the ball. And, you know, you could go on and on. Other guys on the team were way better than I was. But I always had this heart and this passion and this fire to lead or to motivate. <clears throat> so that was the first time I actually had to had a chance to have an apply in sports in this type of a setting that I now operate in. And it opened the door for all of the other opportunities, whether it be the you know, national championships at North Dakota State to the work at Kansas State now because the North Dakota State coach brought me with him. We worked together seven years, Coach Kleiman and I, to Alabama, to the professional teams. My first ever NFL player that I worked with was Will Compton, whose jersey is behind me. That goes back to 2013. And Will's now played eight years in the league. When we first met, he was seventh out of seven on the depth chart, heading to his first ever training camp. And we get together. He's from uh, he's from Bonterre, Missouri. So we met in Arnold about halfway. And I went over with him, first time ever sharing our mental training tools, which I've only used corporately, Brian. So here it's like you're trying these on a future NFL kid. He's seventh out of seven on the depth chart. You know, chips are already stacked against him. And sure enough, some of the techniques and the strategies worked. He was open to mental toughness training, and he's now become like a, a little brother to me, a family member. And it's just been incredible where the beginning of that work started. And then, of course, it led to the Alabamas and, you know, an opportunity to make an impact and, and to learn as much as hopefully the players do for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned Kansas State. I see Miami Dolphins, Mizzou. 
I mean, you've, you've talked with uh, and, and worked with a lot of professional athletes all around the country. And, you know, but like you said, it, it obviously didn't start there. You were doing it with corporations back in 2006. But uh, talk to me a little bit about um, wh- what you do with, with individuals and with teams. You talk, I know you talk about mental toughness and you got a new book coming out called Uncommon Leadership. Uh, talk to me about what you do and, and exactly, you know, what the new book is coming out about. Well, I'm a huge believer that everybody has this fire inside of them. You know, my I, I refer to it as the burn, and that's the name of our podcast. And so I think there's a lot of speakers and coaches that do the work that I do. They talk about why and purpose, which is so incredibly significant and important. But they forget to talk about that underlying burn that ignites your why and your purpose that then causes you to take the necessary action on a consistent basis to identify what peak performance means to you. And that's what we work with individuals on, whether it's one-on-one coaching, whether it's leadership trainings, whether it's keynotes, whether it's working with teams and organizations, is to go in and really help each individual identify what is that burn. We all know, like Brian, you know in your day what it looks like for you to win the day. You know what you have to do in order to win. But if we don't stay connected to the burn, there's typically inconsistent behaviors because we're not staying connected to what drives us to want to be our best. And so we really work with those uh, organizations on the mindset and then the daily behaviors that drive that consistent success. And, you know, it's a lot of fun because one day I might be on a construction site and, you know, the next day I'm in Tuscaloosa in the indoor during practice. So it's, it's, it's pretty wild, which makes it a lot of fun. But we've built a, you know, fantastic team throughout this journey. And we have now 11 coaches that are part of the team. There's 20 speakers that are part of a speakers bureau. A lot of them from St. Louis. So it's amazing how much talent there is in this space in St. Louis. It's pretty, pretty remarkable, actually. And then a lot of it led to me continuing to learn as I'm coaches. I read books every day. I've been blessed to be impacted by so many amazing leaders. And that's why we wrote the book, Uncommon Leadership. It's about 11 ways that the greatest leaders lead and 11 powerful stories of amazing leaders that have impacted my life with their story, with how they show up, framed in a format that allows leaders to have easy takeaways that they can then go and lead with and have impact in their organizations with. Really neat, really neat. When does the book come out? Uh, August, August the 3rd. August the 3rd. And if people want to find that book, they can go to your website, bennewman.net? Yeah, they can. So we have uh, pre-sales available right now. And then uh, the pre-sales on Amazon through the publisher. I actually spoke to them this morning, ironically. Uh, pre-sales on Amazon should be available sometime within the next two to three weeks. Awesome. Awesome. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let me shift gears a little bit. Uh, obviously, last year was a challenging year for a lot of people uh, with COVID-19. And uh, I hope at some point uh, through this podcast, I'll be able to stop asking these questions and we will we will be back to some kind of normalcy. But uh, I would have to envision in your industry and what you do, um, you know, there was, probably wasn't as much uh, motivational speaking and keynote speaking as normally in the past. So how did you navigate through that? But obviously, you know, keep that burn inside of you and still portray to teams um, and companies across the country on how to navigate through this crisis? 
Well, first off, I, I think for everybody, you know, there, there was pain and challenge that came from COVID, whether for some it was small and others it was, you know, very significant all the way to, you know, people losing family members and, and, and loved ones. Chris Voss, who's a legendary FBI hostage negotiator, always talks about how a prisoner of war, it's not the pain or the torture that they cannot endure, it's the uncertainty of not knowing when it's going to end. And you just said, you're like, well, at some point in time on the podcast, I'll stop asking these questions. But the reality is we have no idea. Like, when is that going to be? And the pain and the uncertainty, it, it impacts how you show up for work. It impacts how we had to conduct business. For us, fortunately enough, we had already done a significant amount of work online and we had a reputation for doing this type of work via the screen, leadership trainings, ongoing coaching for teams. It was all done via Zoom already. So we were prepared for it. We never expected it, but we were prepared for it. So a lot of companies that were spending money on events were then able to say, let's go a little bit deeper into our leadership training or let's have you work with our sales force through the screen. And one of the things that I encouraged our team to do, and I tried my very best to do, is to stay positive. You know, because we have a choice, Brian. We're either going to stand on the sidelines, wait to see what happens with these fears, doubts, and uncertainties, like Chris Voss mentions, or you're going to decide, I'm going to get into the fight. And it might feel different. I may get hit with some punches that I didn't expect, but I'm going to stay in the fight. And I'm going to find a way to move forward. And I think for anybody listening that has fought through, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those who still have those fears, doubts, and uncertainties, maybe you find yourself on the sideline. Find a way to step into the ring. Find a way to throw that first punch because there's a lot of opportunity out there and you'll actually create distance from your competition and you'll come out stronger if you take action through periods of pain. Absolutely. No, I think that's um, a great point. You know, I, I've used this story on this actually episode before, but, you know, when COVID hit last year, I, I'm, I do a ton of networking in St. Louis, always have, love meeting new people, don't care where you're from, what background, anything along those lines. When COVID hit last year, obviously the face-to-face -face networking kind of halted, right? And uh, so, that, yeah, so that prompted this podcast. I, I wanted to, to, to do something to continue to network with people in our community, learn their stories, share their stories. And the podcast St. STL Leaders was, was born out of the pandemic. And it's been an overwhelming success. But to your point... I didn't sit on the sidelines. I found a way to still do what I'm passionate about, which is meeting new people and networking in our community and try to help others in our community. Uh, and I, I took a big risk. I had, I had no idea what I was doing. If you listen to my first episode versus, you know, this will be episode 47. There is a night and day difference uh, be, be how I record and edit and, and everything along those lines. But I took that risk. And sometimes in life, you have to take that risk. You have to jump in with both feet. Um, Sometimes you'll win, sometimes you won't, but you got to stay positive through the entire process. So, Brian, let me first just say congratulations to you on taking that step. And I hope everybody listened to exactly the words that just came out of Brian's mouth. He said he had no experience with a podcast. And now 47 episodes in, you have built a great reputation with this podcast. I've had some amazing guests from our incredible city. But I think what's most important is you decided to take action on something that you knew nothing about. And what did you say? It wasn't perfect the first time. You probably don't feel like it's perfect yet, and you can always get better. But that's a lesson I'm still trying to get better every single day, right? And yeah. so that's for all of us. But I think for anybody listening, your podcast is an example for what somebody else right now is making an excuse not to try. So just get in there and try. 
because you've turned this into a very successful endeavor, and I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. So let's talk about your podcast. Um, talk to me about your podcast. What prompted you to start it? I think your your episodes are, I think, every Friday. Is that right? Every Friday is uh, is when we drop the new ones. And so it actually started. So one of my coaches is Drew Hanlon. And uh, Drew is one of the top NBA skills trainers in the world, another St. Louis. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to get Drew on, but uh, you, you, you got to get Drew. He's just incredible. I mean, works with Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Zach Levine. I mean, 25 of the top 50 players in the league. We actually coach each other, so we kind of rotate. You know, I'll go through trying to help him. He'll go through trying to help me. And we were in L.A. a couple of years ago, uh, sitting in the lobby of a hotel that he was staying at because he'll train his guys out in L.A. and he was in between places. And he's like, you need to start a podcast. Like, you need to start a podcast. I'm like, Drew, I don't have time for a podcast. I am so big. I don't. He's like, okay, you need to start a podcast. And he just goes in on me. And then it was, what are you going to be remembered for? What do people think about? And at that point in time, I'd been talking a lot about The Burn. I'm like, well, I think he's like, that's it. He goes, the name of the show is The Burn. And you need to go back to St. Louis, film the first episode. Stop making excuses. Do it. And so similar to you, I had no idea what I was doing. I had never done a podcast before. I had all the excuses in the world why not to do it. And sure enough, that next week, filmed the first episode, and that was it. We were off to the races, and uh, now we're in our third season and, uh, you know, 100-something episodes in. And it's been an absolute blast because the premise is hearing the stories. You know, my burn is my mom, as I mentioned. You know, you've been through that challenge and adversity with with your mom. There's probably an honoring that you think about of, of her every single day, especially being taken so tragically and so fast. Everybody has a story, as I mentioned. And so it, it's interesting to be able to interview and hear people's amazing stories. How did you get started? What drives you? Where does the passion come from? And we have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. Great podcast, by the way. Let's dive into a little bit deeper into leadership. One thing I, I always find fascinating on these podcasts I talk about is everybody's view on leadership. And so if you had to define leadership, you know, one thing that you believe defines leadership um, for whether it's a CEO of a company, whether it's a, a leader, a coach at, a, at Alabama, what, what defines leadership and how can you define it? Well, leadership is a transfer of belief. You know, oftentimes, let's let's take Coach Saban. Coach Saban in Alabama, he could recruit a player, and that player is a five-star player. What if that player comes in, and he great high school career, but he's got fears, doubts, and uncertainties about his ability to move forward? Or can I actually play at this SEC level? Yeah, I was great in high school, but these guys are so much bigger, right? So they're going to have these issues mentally that they're dealing with. Coach Saban and the staff then have an opportunity to transfer the belief that they have in that young man. This is why we recruited you, right? And then that belief turns into action. They show them how to do it. They show them how to get stronger. They show them the meals to eat. They show them how to go to class. They show them how to work. And you transfer the belief and you teach people action, which then builds confidence. It's the same in a corporation. You may recruit somebody, you think she's gonna be amazing and she's got a great resume. But until you teach her those behaviors or you teach her the process, you help her understand the action, you share the belief that you have in her, we won't know. Right. But it starts with the belief, you encourage them to take action, and then you help the individuals grow. But I, I think a transfer of belief is so incredibly important with leadership. And then one other thing, I think it's incredibly important as leaders that we have to be an example. You, how, how are you going to hold somebody accountable to a standard if your standard has a hell of a lot of opportunity itself, right? If you, 
if your standard has a lot of holes in it, it's pretty hard for you to hold somebody accountable to a high standard. Absolutely. I was at a conference this past week and Tom Ziegler, Zig Ziegler's son, was there and, and gave a speech about leadership. And and he I'm ironically said something very similar to that is you as a leader of the organization, you have to be able to coach your employees, not manage those employees make sure that they believe that they have the confidence and you have the confidence in them to, you know, do the job that has been assigned to them, to them, and then let them do their job and stand back and, and coach them and guide them instead of telling them what to do. Uh, and it's so true. I think there's uh, leaders out there and there's managers out there. And, you know, I, I, I hope that everybody listening to this episode, you know, d- tries to determine whether you're a manager, or whether you're a leader and, and dive into that and dig deep to find, you know, that those skill sets. So, Obviously, you're a coach. Uh, you have coaches yourself. Um, for those people who are listening to this episode, you know, if, if they're listening to this episode today and they're thinking, wow, maybe I need somebody to to get rid of the mental toughness or the mental block that I have in my head, and they start exploring, you know, coaches. Obviously, I, I have mentors around me, things along those lines. What would you tell them to look for in picking the right coach or the right mentor to guide them and, and help them take themselves to the next level? Well, first off, whether whether you come to our company to BNC Coaching or you go to another organization, we do have a unique process. Uh, if you send an email to coaching at bennewman.net, we actually do a free inquiry. So Jeremy Patty, who runs, he's the president of our coaching division for our 11 coaches. He'll actually have a call with you to answer your questions. You know, how does coaching work? It's coaching for me. I've got no experience. And he may share with you Find an accountability partner. You know, maybe don't start with coaching right now. Maybe Brian is your accountability partner and you guys hold each other to a few things that you commit to and see how it goes. Maybe your exposure comes without having to pay for coaching up front. Maybe you're not ready for that. Or he may dictate and you may end up understanding through your conversation that one of our coaches might be a great fit for you to hold you accountable to your goals. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to accountability. We all grew up with coaches. You know, you, you, you reference, you know, all these teams that I've worked with. Well, how many of the sports teams do I work with have no coach? You know, right. they all have a coach and, and there's a reason why. And then there's coaches that coach individual units within those teams. Right. So there's lots of coaches. Nobody's trying to do it by themselves. And so I think coaching is incredibly important. The first coach I ever had was six weeks into becoming a financial advisor here in St. Louis in 2004. So I've had exposure to coaching for 17 years and it's been so impactful for me because we get moving fast. Yeah. Right. I'm moving so fast. I need Drew to slow me down and go start a podcast. I need Laura Pierce, who's coached me for over 10 years to say, you need to slow down. There's a great area of opportunity right in front of you, but you're moving so fast you can't see it. Right. So even though I'm coaching, I need those things too. And so I think coaching provides that. For us to be able to put that mirror of accountability in front of ourselves and to determine what changes we want to make. Absolutely. And I would also say, you know, if you're sitting here listening to this episode, you you can't just hire a coach if you're not going to be committed to working with them. What I mean by that is if you're not wanting to really take yourself to the next level and you're not going to do the work, put the time in and really dive into that, then you're wasting your time, your money uh, and, they, and the coach's time and you know, time. So you got to be willing to um, accept and want to be, get better at whatever you're doing, whether it's a job, whether it's you know anything along those lines. You got to be willing to put the forth the effort in to make yourself better. That that is a phenomenal point, Brian. And I would also make sure that your coach or your mentor, maybe somebody starts with a mentor. You mentioned you have great mentors. Have a mentor that just doesn't tell you how great you are, 
Make sure you have a mentor or coach who actually, you know, is there for you to support you in the things that are going great, but is also courageous and honest with you on the real areas of opportunity. The coaches and mentors that I have, they cut it to me straight. They, they let me know the real story, and we all need that. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned uh, you do a lot of reading. Um, have there been any books that you've read in your past or, or recently that have um, helped define, you know, whether it's your role or given you uh, tangible advice that have really impacted your life? Yeah, so let's see if we can get it. So David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me Right Here. That is the absolute best book I've ever read in my entire life. It absolutely changed uh, my perspective, how I show up every single day. Uh, David Goggins and I actually spoke at Alabama training camp together my first year at Alabama four years ago. And I ended up holding on to the book for several months before I picked it up to read it. And it changed my life. I, I will forewarn everybody. There's some very explicit language in the book, but I'll, I'll tell you what, his story is amazing. And he will definitely, definitely push you to think differently in your life. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that for those uh, who are listening. Check that book out. I do a much better job of selling other people's books than I do my own. So, <laughs> Too funny. Well, Ben, I, I, uh, I always end this podcast by asking my guests the same question every time. And that is, if you could leave the audience today with one piece of advice, whether that's business related, whether that's life related, whatever that is, what piece of advice would you leave somebody today that's listening to this episode? Be the greatest life lesson I've ever learned. And it came from my mom. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. Wow, great, great piece of advice, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think what's so cool about your story is the passion that you have behind it and the burn that you feel every day to get up and, and have a positive attitude and do what you need to do to make yourself successful. And I think if we all just wake up every morning, look at the self in the mirror and say, I can do it, and I'm going to go do it, um, it can really change your life. But it starts with your attitude. It starts between the, between the ears, right? Get rid of the block and, and make sure that you're, you're doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. So, Ben, yeah. Ben, Ben Newman, on behalf of the S. Taylor's podcast, I appreciate you coming on today. I think you have a remarkable story, what you're doing, not only in St. Louis, but across this country on, on teaching kids and individuals on, on breaking that mental block. Like I've mentioned before, you can find Ben Newman at bennewman.net. Um, also, he's on social media, LinkedIn. I would suggest following him. But Ben, thank you very much for being a great STL leader and coming on the show. Brian, thank you so much for having me. And if I could just highlight uh, here as well, thank you for what you're doing to in a period of uncertainty and pain and fears for so many people, making that choice to take action, be a positive voice, to highlight great things that are going on in our city. I appreciate you having me and all the other individuals that you've highlighted. Well, thank you very much, Ben. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Go Brand Go. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Michael Reed, DUI attorney of St. Louis.